0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, it's a rather long chapter, so I'll have to move along uh, somewhat swiftly. Verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation says, now faith is the realization of things hoped for, the confidence of things not seen. Well, what does that mean, the realization of things you hope for? Well, the Bible makes promises, and you hope that they'll come to pass. Faith is when you realize, oh my goodness, they're mine. It's as good as done. Now, I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not taste it, smell it. Nobody may believe it, but I believe that this belongs to me and that it is indeed coming to pass. Now faith is the evidence. I have evidence. Where? In my heart, by faith. I believe I'm confident. See, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The the confidence or faith is the substance, it's the realization of things hoped for. Hope for. I realize it. I have this realization inside, the confidence of things not seen. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And then it goes on to say, for by it, talking about by faith, for by it, the elders, and these are those that have gone before us, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, And all the prophets and such, by it, the elders obtained a good report or a good testimony. And he's going to rehearse many of these elders, uh, a relatively few actually, compared to all that there are in this chapter. So notice this. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Everything we see was made of something invisible. God just spoke it into existence. So he didn't take one form of matter to create another form of matter. No, he just spoke it, and it was. But the Bible says in verse 3, By faith, we understand that. By faith, It, it requires faith to understand that. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So if the universe was framed... Created simply by God speaking, then why would we not believe that when God speaks promises, that those promises will come to pass and that God has every ability to do it and willingness to do it because that's how he created all of the universe. So by faith, we understand. Verse four, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. This is Adam and Eve's first and second born sons. So by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Well, by faith he did it. What does that mean? He believed something, so he sacrificed something. And so Cain did not believe what Abel believed. See, and so he sacrificed something lesser or different. And so what was it? Well, if you go back into... The, the passages in Genesis, you'll find out that it says that Abel, who was a shepherd, he brought the firstborn of his flocks, of the firstborn. But Cain did not bring the first fruits. It says in the process of time, he brought something from the ground. Well, that's not first. See, it takes faith to give God the first. It takes faith to tithe, to give God that first 10%. And by faith, Abel did it, and Cain did not. And so Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not accepted. Notice this. It goes on to say, uh, through which, I'm picking it up right in the middle of verse 4, through which he, Abel, obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Uh, God had said to Cain, after Cain killed Abel, The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The Bible says the life of the the soul or life of the body is in the blood. And so I can't hear blood speak, but God can hear blood speak. In fact, we'll see here in, in Hebrews that the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. So... Let's look at this. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Well, we always thought that God just took him and maybe he didn't know anything about it. But this says by faith he was taken. By faith. It seems to me like he was believing for that to happen, wanting that to happen. And of course, he walked with God 300 years. No telling what those conversations were about. But it goes on to say, For before... He had taken him, Uh, before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please him. See, so Enoch was a man of faith. It said, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him, God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, You have to have faith to please God. You have to believe what he says more than what you see, feel, uh, taste, touch, smell, or what anybody else tells you. You have to believe God. You want to please him? See, you can't just say, God, you know, I appreciate you giving me those promises. But, you know, I've got other evidence that outweigh it or compete with it. So. I don't believe you or I'm not sure I believe you. That does not please God. That does not honor God. What honors God is to say, Lord, even though your word sounds way too good to be true and even far-fetched, because it's you and you're faithful and you're God, I believe you. I choose to lay hold of that. That pleases God. It says, and he who comes to God must believe, number one, that he is, he exists. And number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That pleases God. It doesn't please God to say, well, I'm just going to serve you. And, you know, whether or not you want to give me a reward, that's up to you. No, that does not please God. It pleases God to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Abel believed that if he would give the firstborn of his flock, that God would reward him and guess what he did God did not reward Cain because he did not bring the first fruits see it took faith to do that okay now verse 7 by faith noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and and became the heir of righteousness which is according to faith it had never rained before <laughs> There had never been a flood before. Can you imagine the people coming by, looking at this monstrosity of a structure that Noah was building, making fun of him and such. But by faith, he moved with godly fear. God told him what was going to happen. He believed God more than any historical evidence, more than anybody's opinion, including his own. By faith, by faith. This is what God wants us to do. Believe what he says in his word. He created everything. He's smarter than everybody else. We need to believe him. Believe this Bible. It goes on to say that uh, verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Would you leave? Would you up and move? Sell your home? Uh or move out of your apartment or wherever you are, move to another state waiting for God to tell you where to go. That's what Abraham did. He said, I'll I'll show you. I'll tell you. And he takes him on this journey. He ends up in the promised land. and, And Abraham is happy. Why? Because God promised to give me this land. But watch this. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him, of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Listen to this. God promised Abraham the promised land, and Isaac and Jacob. Guess what? All all three of those generations... They never got to build their house. They never got to establish themselves in the promised land because God promised it to Abraham and his descendants, but it didn't come to pass for over 400 years. They lived in tents, but they did it because they believed God. He's going to give it to us. And eventually, 400 and some years later, he did. He gave it to to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was faithful, but they didn't actually see it. Folks, that's faith. That you don't even have to have it in your lifetime and you die knowing that God is going to do it. This is what God honored. He loved it. But it said that Abraham waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. You're going to see that through these elders that they weren't just looking at temporary things. They were looking at eternal things. And Abraham knew, hey, look, this land, I appreciate it very much, but there's another homeland that I'm really after. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who promised. So notice, even when she was a young woman, she did not have the physiological ability to bear children. But by faith, she received strength to conceive. Her ovaries, all her reproductive organs received strength that they had never had even in her 20s. Never had it by faith, she received strength to conceive, and she bore a child when she was past the age. And here's the kicker because she judged him faithful who promised three strikes against me. Right? I mean, I was always barren. Now, number two, I'm too old. Number three, my husband's too old. Right? Three strikes against me, I should be out, but you promised. I judge you faithful who promised, and because of that, she received physical strength to conceive, and she went into the marriage bed with Abraham in faith. And guess what? It paid off. Believing God paid off once again. So she re- she judged him faithful who promised. Verse twelve. Therefore. From one man and him as good as dead. That's how we know that Abraham had even come to the place where he couldn't bear children. By the way, he bore children after Isaac too. So when he was healed, he was healed for years to come. But at that point, when Sarah was 89 and Abraham was 99, both of them were completely impotent, incapable of conceiving children but by the power of God, by faith, they did. So therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, when it comes to being re, uh, reproducing, were born as many as the stars of the sky and in multitude innumerable, as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. What are they saying? Hey, this is not our home. No. We're just passing through. We're headed to heaven. See, that was really what they were after. And may that be what we're really after as well. Verse 14, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. If Abraham continued to recall to mind Ur of the Chaldeans, he would have been tempted to go back there. And not to stay in this you know, land of promise with no house. But no, he had faith that he's doing something that's bigger than just our family having land. I'm doing something to show the covenant of God in the Bible that's going to lead to my descendant, the Messiah, who will save the world. See, it's just so much bigger than what we think. And Abraham believed that. Okay, look at this. It says, uh, verse 16, but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Don't you love that? Because they believed it and they want this heavenly country. They want eternity with God. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Praise God. Well, Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. Isn't that right? But God has prepared a city for them. Verse uh, Seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, "In Isaac shall your uh, your seed shall be called." Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. This is the child that. Abraham and Sarah believed that God would bring. This is the one. And now God brings him and he's born. And then he gets up to maybe early teen years, maybe 12 years old or something. And God says, take your son, your only son whom you love and go sacrifice him to me as a burnt offering. Oh my goodness. And Abraham rises early in the morning to do it. But he did it concluding that I believe God so much. I know he's so faithful. He'll just have to raise him up from the ashes. He was going to kill him and burn him to ashes. And he believed that God would even raise him up from the ashes. Folks, this is why he's called the father of faith. He believed God and obeyed God, even when it looked completely impossible, irrational. Okay, look at this. Uh, Verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Excuse me, think about this. God put the blessing on Abraham, but Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, and Jacob uh, to his sons, they're laying hands and they're pronouncing blessing by faith. And guess what? That blessing transferred as something tangible. And it worked. And it worked. But notice they said they did it. We need to do these things today too. We need to speak and release the blessing of God over people by faith. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. He had brought the descendants of Jacob to Egypt to take care of them during the famine. And uh, they stayed there, uh, you know, Actually, it ended up up being hundreds of years. But by the time Joseph died, Joseph made mention to say, you're not going to be here forever because God promised us that promised land. See, Joseph had faith that God was still going to bring that promise to pass after all of those years. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. This is the faith of Moses' parents. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Notice Moses is looking ahead to the Messiah and to the reward that will come eternally. But he could have just been sitting pretty in the palace, but no way. He, He wanted to do right and be with the people of God. And so by faith, he defended them and uh, he ended up leaving Egypt. In fact, here's what it says in verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him, God, who is invisible. He endured everything he endured as if he was seeing God who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. This was in Egypt you remember. At the Passover, God had told them, each of your families, take a lamb, put the blood on the doorpost and the lentils, and when the destroyer comes, he'll pass over your home. And Moses commanded the Israelites to do it. They did it, and Israel Israel's firstborns were saved uh, during... The Passover, thank God. But it all happened by faith. This had never happened before. How did they know it was going to work? God told them. See, this is the way it's supposed to be. God tells us, we do it and believe it and it works. Verse uh, 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So it took faith to go in between the waters on both sides. Uh, that they're not going to collapse on us. But by faith, they did that. Okay, verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Marching around seven days, what's it going to do? They did it by faith and the power of God was released. All these things triggered the power of God. This is the way the, the power of God is released by faith. Okay, notice verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the two spies with peace. She believed something that most of Jericho uh, didn't believe. Of course, all of Jericho was fearful, she said. All of the land was fearful. But she stepped out and actually acted on her faith, and it saved her and her whole family. Verse thirty-two, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, ordained promises, obtained—excuse me—promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Now, now watch this. Uh, those were all powerful things that happened. But watch the change here. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Some of them knew, if I let God get me out of this right now, then people won't see that I'm willing to be tortured for my faith and for my trust in God, willing to die for my faith in God. And so they didn't accept deliverance that they might receive a better resurrection. Boy, talk about an eternal view. This is what God wants for us. This life is temporary. It's the next life that's eternal. And we must live our lives for the next life. Still others, verse 36, had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, uh, cut in half. In other words, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Oh, I love the word of God that says, these people that lived godly, in spite of all the rest of the world, living with the pleasures of sin, and even persecuting the godly, these people who live like this, the world was not worthy of those people. Those people, in God's eyes, have an extremely high value and and the world an extremely low value because of their disregard for God and their lack of believing Him. Praise God. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, through faith, did not receive The promise, God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Well, what is the promise? Well, of course, it's the new covenant through Jesus Christ. Jesus brought us what they've been looking forward to all of this time. Salvation, the new covenant, uh, deliverance, the power of God, the being born again, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the authority in the name of Jesus. Oh, they believed that something was going to happen that was going to redeem them. But these all died, never having received what you and I have today. Oh, glory to God. Thank God for what we have. So let's stay strong and even stronger in faith than they did, because we now have salvation and all of the fringe benefits of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ.